Today is not a leisurely walk. As much as I would like it to be. I'm walking my puppy. And he's really distracted. He sees things and he wants to bark at them because they're new. And there's a few different things that I have to do in response to this. The first thing I'm recognizing is that because I've taped his ears up again so that they'll stand properly, I haven't been able to put him out in the yard to play to get as much exercise as normally he would. So part of his difficulty in focusing on me and on being so distracted by every new thing that he sees up to and including barking at the things that he doesn't recognize is lack of exercise, lack of stimulation. So since he's been understimulated for the last, oh, almost week now, it means that when he encounters things in the environment, he becomes easily overstimulated by them. So I have to just accept that that's the case. He's doing it right now. So here's a couple of coping mechanisms. He's seen something. I don't even know what it is that he's looking at. But first thing I'm going to do is I'm actually going to speed up on my walk. So he has to focus on me a little bit more because if he doesn't, he gets to the end of the leash, or rather I do, and kind of tug him along with me. The other thing I'm doing is I have a pocket full of treats. And so when he does focus on me, I'm going to go back to those fundamentals of rewarding his attention when it's on me. He has a choice about where to put his attention. And I can help make that choice easier for him. Now, the trick here is I'm not going to chase him down to give him the treats. I have it ready. He took one, and then he went off, and now he's all distracted again. We're still walking. And I'm, I'm just waiting for him to decide to check in with me good boy and when he does the treats are here they're close to my body I'm not going to reach out to him to give him the treats because I don't want him to learn how long my arm is among other things and dance around just outside I want him to come all the way in close so that on that on that off chance that one day When I need him to come in close enough for me to get the leash close to his head or sometime if there was an emergency and the leash wasn't on, I want him to think coming in close to me for the treats is okay and not be wondering about, oh, do I really want to get that close because that might be the time that that mom grabs me. So, yeah, really building those fundamentals of paying attention to you. 
think of it from the dog's perspective. Do you give him good reason to focus on you? You know, you're not entitled to his attention. We'd like to think we are. We're entitled to the opportunity to help him see why he should pay attention to you. So think about it from your dog's perspective. If you were your dog, would you want to pay attention to you? Do you nag and demand attention, but don't give a reason why that's rewarding to the dog? Good puppy there. I've been giving him some treats for a while when he checked in. And, And now he's starting to check in with me more because... I'm actually becoming more interesting and more relevant in the environment than than some of these smaller distractions. If I can become more relevant than a small distraction, than a car going by, for him that's a small distraction. For other dogs that's a big distraction, so it's all a matter of scale. If I can become more relevant than a leaf falling, let's say. Or here's some birds just flew into this bush. You could probably hear them. And he watched them for a while, but then he looked at me and I had a treat ready to to give him. To help him weigh his options. Well, the bird's interesting. But I don't actually get something from the bird, he thinks. But if I look at mom, mom has a treat. And if I come close, I can have it. That's pretty rewarding and pretty interesting. So now, even though he's still distracted, he's tuning in to me a lot more. As we've been talking, I've probably given him 10 treats for checking in. And when I say treats, they're small. They're like the size of my pinky nail. There, now there's a dog behind a fence that's barking at us. That's distracting. But I think when we started this walk, he would have been overstimulated by that. Might have barked back. But now he's more interested in the food. Now, if you have a dog that is not very interested in food, you may have to think a few steps ahead. You may need to think, oh, let me go on the walk before I feed the dog so that my treats are more relevant. You know, think of, uh, think of the food as sort of dog money. Kind of is. And think of it, again, from your perspective. Are you more willing to do a task for money that you're not as interested in when you're low on money? I know I am. If my bank account is low, I'm going to be much more interested in taking on a job that I have less intrinsic motivation to do. Here's a good example in my uh, in in my line of work as a dog groomer. 
generally speaking, doing toenails is not the most rewarding thing. I have figured out by rough calculations that over the course of my career, I have literally trimmed over half a million toenails. There's not a whole lot there that super interests me. But if I'm low on income coming in, then I'm more interested in beating the bushes for some toenail income because it's, um, it's a pretty high rate of exchange of relatively low effort and relatively high payoff. So that motivates me to do it. Where this is going for me is if I've just gotten a paycheck, though, if I've just sold a big grooming package, then I'll still do the toenails when they come in, but I'm not really going to seek them as much because I'm less motivated to. I've got a lot of money in my account. So the same applies for the dog on an in-the-moment basis. If the dog's just eaten, well, he's not going to be as motivated by a, few, by a few treats. Think of eating his meal as like getting his paycheck. And so he doesn't have as much motivation to pick up smaller amounts. But if he hasn't had his meal yet, he's hungry. Your treats mean more. There's more value in the tidbit that you're offering. So it may be that if you're working through a barking issue, you need to make yourself more interesting. And to make yourself more interesting, you have to be able to offer him something of interest in exchange. And if the main thing you have to offer is treats, but he's not interested because he's not hungry, then plan ahead. Plan your walks so that you know he's hungry when you go on the walk so that you can make some headway. You can be more interesting by giving him the treats. So planning is part of how you deal with barking, with lack of attention on you when you're out and about in the world. And then when the environment's quiet, like now, now there's no distractions. And he just keeps coming back to me and bugging me for treats. That's fine. I'm not asking him to come over and take the treat. He is volunteering the behavior of, hey, there's not a lot going on right now that interests me. But if I get close to you and you give me a treat, that interests me. You know, we tend to take little behaviors like that for granted, like we're entitled to them. But we're not. It's a foundation that we build. Build the foundation. And then use that. And recognize that there are some tools you can use in the moment if your foundation isn't there or isn't strong because... Maybe you're pet sitting. Maybe this isn't your dog, so you don't have as deep a relationship, so you have to kind of build it. 
in a way that's relevant to the dog. Um, these are some things that we do. There, now he, he just walked by me, but then he looked at me and he came and checked in. Hey, do you have food? Yeah, I do actually. So now we're gonna walk back past some things that really distracted him on the beginning of our walk. Things that he, he saw and he was like, that's weird, I'm gonna bark at it. You know, now he's not really even glancing at them too much. He's much more interested in me, in what I'm doing. Here, you can't see it, so I'm gonna describe it. But now he's interested enough in these treats that I can hold the treat and not give it to him and keep walking. Oh, for four or five feet, he's still looking at me. He's still looking at me. Way more than the environment. So now I can stretch out his attention a little bit. You know, I don't want to push to the edge of the envelope every time because that's kind of like a you know, a casino game that only barely pays out. You get tired of it because it ends up feeling like a lot of work for not a lot of reward. But if you can be that um, that um, machine that pays out real well in the beginning when you're interacting with a dog, either a new dog or your dog, but you're starting a new thing, you're trying to create a new relationship, a new way of doing the walk. Be that machine. Be that machine that pays out really easy at the beginning. And then that's the machine you'll go back to if you're bored. That's the machine you'll go back to when things aren't going on. That's the machine that you'll be like, huh, I've got some choices here about things to interact with. Be the machine that's the most interesting to interact with when they interact with you. It's not about making your, you know, putting yourself in front of them and constantly begging them to pay attention to you. Well, you know, there's other things going on. He's inevitably going to pay attention to other things. What you want is to create yourself to be the thing that when he has to decide among things to pay attention to, over time you build yourself up to be the most interesting thing. And you do that by respecting what interests the dog. And then by recognizing when you've made some progress, now give the dog a little bit more freedom to make some of his own decisions. You know, he could still be really stimulated by something, but if he's a big barker, then not barking at you is a really big step forward. And not barking, even though he's stimulated, is still enough of a step forward to give him some more freedom, a little more time to pull on, you know, get to the end of the leash. Hopefully not pull too much, but get to the end of your your long line. Find something else to explore. 
you know, if I was trying to have this walk with this puppy today on a six foot leash, oh my gosh, we would have been in contest. We would both have been tired of each other, maybe even pissed off at each other by the end of it. But because I'm using a 20 foot leash, he can go back and forth endlessly from this thing to that thing. I got to sniff this. I got to check that out. Oh, got to pee. Got to, got to move. Got to check. Got to, got to look. Leaf falling. Got to grab it. Bird flying. Got to go run towards it. You know, if I was trying to compete with that on a six foot leash, I would fail. I have to give him time to look at things on his own schedule on his timetable on his discretion so he can choose me so I can give him an opportunity to choose me and reward it I've kind of rambled on for a long time I feel like on this walk but it's really taken about this long for the intensity of our walk to kind of calm back down to just being a walk. There's a lot going on in my neighborhood this morning, apparently. And, you know, I have to make space for that. I can have whatever vision I want of any given walk that I'm going to take with the dog. Maybe I'm thinking, oh, I feel like having a nice leisurely stroll. But if the environment doesn't support that, and that's not what the dog is in the space for I have to adapt you know sometimes I choose which dog I take for a walk based on what my mood is so that I can have a better chance to have the walk I want but at the same time I don't always have that option this puppy he needed some serious activity he's been cooped up so let's see if I can recap Activity stimulates your dog. It can be physical and it can be mental. Stimulation helps your dog be less overstimulated. I know that's ironic. Uh, it's contradictory almost. Find stimulation that's interesting for the dog, that, but that doesn't overstimulate him too much. And then that will help insulate him from the stimuli that overstimulate him. If you don't have that option, maybe you have a little dog that has a, has a bunch of habits around, oh, I see this trigger and I go off. Well, you're going to have to give him some new experiences. And that might be a time where walking him quickly past the, the thing that he wants to focus on and hyper-focus on and be overstimulated. Maybe you just have to get that collar up right up under his head and just march him past that part. Maybe I'll do an audio about that, especially at a dog show. That's how I have to interact at dog shows a lot with novice dogs. Maybe you just have to move on past. And then once you're past whatever the thing was that really distracted the dog, then, when he looks at you, either to be like, okay, I'm bored, are you interesting? Or looks at you with a look of, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? Either way, if he looks at you, offer that treat. Have it ready in your hand, but maybe in your pocket. You know, something 
to help you become more proficient at getting it out at the, with the right timing. Um, and then when you're having quiet times, don't neglect to reward when your dog tunes into you because you are the most interesting thing going on. And finally, food is the currency, is a, is a good currency for a lot of dogs to get their attention and keep their attention. So use it wisely. If you need it to be currency, then maybe take them for a walk before you feed them. You might have to take them for two walks then because obviously you might need to take them for a walk after you feed them because then they need to eliminate after they eat. But if you want that walk to be more successful, you want that walk for the dog to be able to focus a little more on what their body is telling them, especially if it's a puppy. You might need to take an extra walk. A let's Let's exercise your brain first, walk, then food, then let's exercise your bowels walk later. I hope that's been helpful. Here comes the puppy. I stopped, I looked at him, and he ran over to get a treat. It's my last one. I timed it so my last one coincided with my driveway. So here we are back again, done for this walk. I hope this helped you. Send me a message. Let me know what you want to know. And I'll talk about it.